Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. So last week, uh, we are continuing in our series of this love, and last week we started in John chapter 3, the idea was to reach verse 16. It never happened. Wow. Let's see if we can reach verse 16 today. Uh, but when we started, what, what, what's, what was, what's some of what stood out for you last week? Uh, uh, usually that's the preacher's most incredible moment. Try and get people to remember what you preached exactly seven days ago. Anyway, that which is born of the flesh is, and that which is born of the spirit is, spirit. And we end, we, so we, we, we went through this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, and we ended on verse 12, on our way to 16, and we didn't reach, where he was saying, if I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Wow. In other words, the heavenly things, are they will just bamboozle your mind. They will discombobulate. Okay. They will disturb you. Let's put it lightly. So, while I was, I, I wasn't reflecting on this, but somewhere along the week, and I don't know, I think I can get a favor from the projection team if I, I talk to them nicely. Yesterday, Viera had an event, so really, she's not with us, over. so I don't know who's back there. I'm going to take my chances and send it on a group called Essential Team. I've sent you two pictures. I mostly need the second. So I, I was thinking about the fact that. So let me let me tell you the message I, I sent. Some of you I sent you this message. In fact, some of you are going to be kind enough to send it back to me, so that I can find it quickly. There are wonderful people here who I sent a message about the, the, the earth and the sun. And they are sending it back to me right now because I have data. Now, these are, not, these are still earthly things, by the way, but not heavenly things. But they, they sort of give us... Yeah, now, this is what, what, what I sent, okay? The circumference of the sun is about 4.4 million kilometers. That of the earth is 40,000 kilometers. Okay? Now, you can fit 1 million earths. No, first put off that one. That one is going to confuse people. First remove that one. You can fit 1 million earths in the sun. You see that little thing you see up there? You need one million of these little things on which we live. They can fit in the sun. One 
million Earths. In fact, the solar system, let me tell you something interesting about the solar system. The solar system, well, I took a picture here. Sorry, uh, apparently the preachers should do their homework before they come to the, which I did, but sometimes you come and then things come up. The solar system, it, do you know the, the whole solar system? The nine, the nine uh, planets plus their moons and whatever. The sun, watch this, holds 99.8% of all the mass of the solar system. So, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, Earth, Mars, when you put all of us together, we are only 0.2% of the mass of the solar system. And then the sun holds the 99.8%. If we've told you earthly things, What will happen if we start telling you heavenly things? That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. I don't know what, whether that's what he meant. But imagine that your nice acre of land or 50 by 100 plot somewhere over which you have, yeah. Now the whole earth. If you were to take and a jet you know someone said that a, a, a good idea is like a baby crying in church it should be carried out immediately some of you your ideas are passing you if you take a, a, what is it a jet and you are flying you see if you take a jet around the earth if the earth wasn't rotating it would take you 50 hours but because of the rotation it would take you about 36 hours if you take the same jet at the same speed of 800 kilometers per hour and decided to fly around the sun, it will take you five and something months. More than five months. Constant flying. Yeah. So, one million Earths can fit in the sun. And the sun holds 99.8% of all the mass in the solar system. Now give me my picture. Now compared to other stars, this is the size of the sun. See the sun now bursting through the clouds. You can't see it. So you can't even bring us into the picture. Let alone your house. So, so when Jesus, when Nicodemus is asking Jesus, how can a person get born again? Can they go back into their mother's womb and get, and, and, and Jesus is like Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Just believe what I'm telling you. Because if I start describing other things, yeah. How could I have forgotten to tell you about the fact that Mrs. Taleria Miller is in the house? 
Mrs. Pastor. She's joining us from Covenant Light Church, Nairobi. Welcome. And uh, pastors of Worship Harvest Germany are back. They've blessed us twice in two weeks. Who are we? Gotten Morgan. Um, it always ends there. I don't know. I need, I need more. Let's stick with earthly things. Do you see that? So Jesus is, Nicodemus is really interested. He's like, man, we've seen the stuff you're doing and we think based on the evidence, you are not ordinary. You are a man sent from God. So it's like, tell, tell, please detail. Well, unless a man is born of water and spirit, he cannot see, he cannot see the kingdom. Let's go back to the scriptures. Those stars are scaring me. Yeah, considering my the plot of the size of my plot. This is a good point to ask some, uh, you know, a very annoying question. What are you believing God for? <laughs> We're having a good time. Okay, let me go back to having a good time. So he says, so, so the, it's Andrew Mark who said that uh, you and I trying to figure out God is like an, an ant. You know those little things that lick sugar? Trying to figure out the internet. Yeah. That's why God is to be believed, not researched. No, because your research is based on very limited resources. Look, it took the U.S. government 10 years trying to just go to the moon here. And now Elon Musk is talking about Mars. It's been a long conversation, but you know. Now, the one who created all of that, and you better be sure someone created them, because I don't know how you come up with that level of order chaotically. I'll progress. That the one who created all of that wants to be our friend. And he's in conversation with us. And we're asking him, how do I, do I get back into my mother's room? Doesn't make sense. So verse 12 is Jesus is just telling Nicodemus, look Nico I know you want to go into details but allow me use language that you can what? Understand. You know that's why we pray in tongues I think. I think that's why God gave us tongues because trying to talk to someone who created all that stuff in English the language but verse 13 let's continue. He says, no one has ascended to heaven, but he was come down from heaven. That is the son of man who is in heaven. That in itself is a very interesting statement because Jesus was talking to him right there. And he's telling him no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man. And then he says, who is in heaven. He, now, he came down, now he is, 
Now he has ascended. Where is he? Has he ascended? Is he, is he down? Is he in heaven? Yeah. The experience of being born again is quite something. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. He has made us sit together with him in the heavenly places in Christ. Right? Now, made us. It's like we are seated in the heavenly places, but we are on earth. And then we will go to heaven. Are you seeing all of that? I think that's why it tells him. Let's stick with earthly examples. Because once you bring God into the picture, you know, as human beings, one of our most helpful languages is something called dimensions. Okay? There is the first dimension. Okay? That's length, distance. Point A to B. Then there is a second, which is area. Length and width, so you have a tile. A square, a triangle. You have surface. Those are two dimensions. Then you enter the third dimension. Height. So you create volume. How many of you still remember how to get the volume of a sphere? Okay, forget it. Forget it. Let's forget it. Yeah, let's... Yeah. Then you have the fourth... The fourth dimension, which is displacement. When you have that, that object moving from one place to another, so it's displacing space. Now, that's us. Now, imagine that God could have maybe 10,000 dimensions. Yeah, but we only know four. Those who did calculus at, H at high school, differentiation and integration, don't mind if you don't understand those things. What would have happened if they brought it in baby class in Nazareth school? Yeah. <laughs> it's all mathematics. But there are levels. It's all wisdom. But there are levels. That's why he says, the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of Man, like when God is being the most stupid he can be, we can't touch. When we have exceeded our wisdom, when, you know, look at a person and say, ah! It's like, there is a wide gulf between the wisest man and the foolishness of God. So, just think in terms of dimensions. What if I told you he has like 10,000 dimensions? Yeah. Because while we know about displacement, Philip was carried from Samaria to that place with Ethiopia, whatever, and then to Azotus, and then Jesus is walking through walls, but then he can eat, walk on water, Something is going on that is beyond imagination. So, 
back to John. I, I need to stick with John. By the way, we are talking about love. Eh? Yeah. Sometimes you have to, rem- to remember. And the point is to think that the one, a person who is that complex, advanced, big, what, can want to love you. Yeah. Because we all want to love people who look lovable. Verse 14. Now, uh finally we are on safer ground. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, the son of man must be lifted up. So there is that story where these guys were complaining again. And then snakes came. And they were biting them and they were dying. And when Moses asked God, what do I do about this? He said, make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole so that whoever looks at it after even even if you've been bitten by by the serpent there will be no effect what that is is we live in a sinful world and sin affects all of us and what god has done he has lifted up jesus on the cross Second Corinthians 5.21 He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. It is very telling that the, the, the image on the pole wasn't a lamb but a serpent. When you think serpent, what does that represent? The one who lied to Eve and therefore brought sin. So Jesus went to the extent of becoming sin. Christ on the cross is God making him to become sin for us. Think about that. Because he was without sin. Jesus never sinned. And yet he took on our sin and became sin. So then, what saves you is not your ability to run from the serpents because they're everywhere. Is not I don't know what. No. Because the instructions were clear. Just look at the serpent and that will neutralize the poison. Now, it didn't say the snakes will go away. No, it didn't. It wasn't like we have put up this serpent, it has scared all the snakes, they've left. You can now walk around in a poison free environment. No, there is going to be sin in the world, there is going to be pain in the world, there is going to be sickness in the world there's going to be divisions and all sorts of issues you see one of the things that you'll never succeed at is to remove problems from the world yeah people have set up global organizations to eliminate those problems and then they found that the organizations themselves have become 
a new problem to deal with. Yeah. It's like how you can have the inspector general of government and then you need the inspector general of the inspector general of government. Do you know why? Because that it's human beings in charge. Oh yeah, it's human beings in charge. As long as it's human beings in charge, you will never run out of layers of needing to check. Oh yes. So then the change has to come from inside. Looking down to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So the, I, Moses told them, just look at the thing. Even if the thing bites you, keep looking. Now, the struggle, or is it the sutrago? Or sitrago is when you decide that you are from now going forward you are a sin fighter. You're pumping anti-sin muscles. Look, do you know that even in the process of fighting your own sins, you, you are sinning? Yeah. So that's why he says looking and just just look. That's why we have a cross up here. Just to remind you that someone hung on that thing and took away. Took, you know, took away. The Bible says, John looks at Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away sins of the world. When you take away, when you go to a takeaway and you buy, take away, and you take away, the takeaway from the takeaway, it is no longer there in the takeaway. Yeah. It's because it has been taken away. No. 98% of Christians don't believe that their sins were taken away. And they live like that. Yeah. If you live like a sinner, you're going to sin. Yeah. After all, you'll be, you'll be like, that's my identity. I am a sinner. So let's do it. But if you understand that you are the righteousness of God, not because of anything you've done, but because of what's up there. Without, you'll be shocked one day. You'll wake up one day and realize, why aren't I angry, depressed, sad, quarreling, and abusing everyone. What has happened to me? Oh, yes. I'm not telling you a theory. I'm telling you an experienced reality. When we got married, we had three years of not, 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 not physical fighting, but using all the other uh, systems, weapons, without getting to the physical level. Of just completely, yeah. You know, you think you're nice. Get married. Yeah. Yeah. If you think you're nice, get married, then you'll find out that you need Jesus. Because before I got married, 
I was, I was, I was nice. I was loving. I was generous. I was uh, patient. I used to go pray. I, I, I prayed at prayer mountain. I, I served. I worked. I served in church. I was a worship leader. I was leading a ministry. I mean, where else can you find that level of goodness? Then I got married. What a shock! You can ask my wife. I never thought that something that's supposed to be so good can be so bad. (laughs) So anyway, it was so bad. It was so painful. One day, I sat down in the sitting room and I cried. Yeah. Yeah. By, without anyone touching me. Just sit there and tears. Yeah. Tears from my eyes keep on falling. Hmm. That's you be 40. <laughs> so some of you might be where I'm describing. Hmm. It might be marriage. Oh, for you it might be something else. It might be something at work. You know, sin is sin. It expresses itself differently. You might find that someone else it is marriage. Then you say, mm, thank God I'm not married. Kumbe, it is... Yeah. yeah. Something else comes. It's either emotional, financial, physical, mental, social... Yeah, it's, it's like the snakes are around. Yeah. You've killed snakes, but they are still there. Why we live in a fallen world? But thank God for Jesus. Oh. When we found out about the love and grace of God, then our marriage just changed. Yeah. You see, what you need is truth. What you need is revelation. Everything in your life can change once you embrace the revelation of a serpent on a cross. I don't know whether you see how radical that is, that the Lamb of God, the Son of God, could be put in the image of the very thing that is the exact opposite of. That in that picture in the wilderness, you have Jesus being depicted almost like the devil. Because it, he became sin, and, and who, who, is the, who is the epitome of sin? Satan. Who is the embodiment of righteousness? Jesus. In that picture, that's why Jesus is having this conversation with the Codemus. Remember, he was a Pharisee, so he understands scriptures. He's like, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What care are you? 
lifted up was he to die it's not the verse was his cry now in heaven exalted high hallelujah what I Savior guilty violent helpless with spotless lamb of God was he full atonement can it be hallelujah what I righteous being in the universe and paint them as the most vile being in the universe so that you can take the most vile beings and paint them the most righteous and then they spend all their lives doubting that because it's unbelievable it's unbelievable so must the son of man be lifted up and then he goes on and says in verse 15 that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life and then the popular verse for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life wow what um, an, a loving father we have this is available for everyone I remember growing up in a Christian home and thinking my, since my parents are Christians and we've been going to church ever since I can remember I'm covered doesn't work like that and a friend of mine I don't know senior secondary senior too he looks at me and says you must give your life to Jesus yourself you must be born again you see in the wilderness you couldn't look for your friend the serpent has beaten your friend and you say don't worry just sit there I'll look at the serpent for you it didn't work everyone had to look for themselves think about it and here's the thing the looking costs absolutely nothing and it's what saves you and now today in today's modern world with all sorts of ideas ideologies and philosophies people can make this look like it's just some religious book look it's nothing like that you know your own life experience that what I'm talking about is true. Yeah, and that without it, you can have all the money, you can have all the influence, you can have all the education, but you know deep inside there is a, a hole that seems to be unfillable. 
Yeah. I have a theory. That the taste of a drink reveals the state of the heart. Yeah, that's why children like Fanta, sweet drinks. Yeah. Fanta, Mirinda fruity. That's what kids like because their hearts are sweet. And as you grow older and you go through stuff and your boyfriend checks you and and they demote you at work and COVID comes and you lose your job and what? You start moving from sweeter drinks to bitter drinks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and you get to a point where the ones you're drinking can even propel cars. You can put it in an engine and it moves. Yeah. You've reached that level. You need, your life needs to be, you've become an internal combustion engine. Hey! What a shock! Can I tell you something? What I'm telling you is true. I know. I know. Yeah, you, you know which drinks you like. And you know why you like them. It has nothing to do with the taste of your tongue. It has everything to do with the state of your heart. Yeah. Bitter lemon. Why? Why? Why is life that bitter? Uh, weight loss my goodness I'm pissing better than you're listening Ah! just look at the cross God has taken the most innocent person and has shaped him into the picture of Satan so that he can take the most guilty person that is seated in your chair and and yeah and give him the place of innocence and say I'm available you can start again that may not have worked but you can pick yourself up you don't have to commit suicide you don't have to live depressed. You don't have to live sick. You don't have to live bitter. There is hope because of Jesus. Give me verse 17 as I finish. So he says, to create clarity, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn. But the world through him might be what? Saved. It's not about condemnation. Yeah.
Amen. It's about the it's the love of God. If you are August, that is not pre-planned. We're thinking, do I I also need to say something? (laughs) So for God did not send his son. There is no condemnation. You see, when, when you hear the gospel wrongly, you start feeling condemned. It's not about condemnation. And it says in the next verse to even create more clarity. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of of God. If I get all your bank accounts and miraculously I get to deposit 100 million shillings on everyone's account look whoever does not believe that I've put the money there you will not they will not go to the bank and there will be no evidence in their lives that they have a hundred million on their accounts yeah it is those who believe who will go withdraw and start blasting and then they will start telling everyone you you didn't get Moses put money for us you didn't get Like, what, what are you on? Go get. Then people will not believe. Ah, does he have that money? You just be broke when you have money in the bank. And if you're not born again, can I tell you? That's the situation. You have righteousness, healing, joy, forgiveness, health, love. What? Start that for you, and you're continuing to say. Uh, uh, is it true? So it's not God condemning. It's like the condemnation is already in the system. The snakes are around. Yeah. Look, verse quickly, next verse. And it says, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Oh. Oh, oh. Do you receive it? Do you receive the word? Do you believe you're loved? And that God has already forgiven you and has paid the price and has put Jesus on the cross in the image of, uh, of a serpent that we may be made the righteousness of God, that we may become his what? Children. Wow, what a loving God we have. Amen. Why don't we stand up and we close this service together? Wow. Can you help me appreciate, Apostle? Yeah. You know, this morning, God is speaking to each one of us. In all of our lives, God is calling us to look to him. And we will be tempted even as we leave this room to look to ourselves. But he's saying, look to me. Look to me. Look to me. Look to me. And the first place where the enemy attacks us to look to ourselves is for our own righteousness. To be our own source of right standing with God. And maybe you're here today 
and you thought that you need to first clean yourself up before you come to God or you need to first make certain things right before you come to God he's saying look to me come to me exactly as you are with the burden of sin with the guilt that you carry with the shame with the inconsistencies the failures even the success that you look to him and so if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life for whatever reason today he's calling you home He's saying, look to me, come to me. I love you. I died for you. I came that I may reconcile you back to the Father, that you may not live as an orphan anymore, but have a heavenly Father who has given you an inheritance as a son and as a daughter. So if that is you today and you want to make that decision that many of us made months, weeks, years ago, just put your hand up. Say, today I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Come on, put that hand up straight. Put it up, put it up. My brother, I saw that hand go up. Just put it up and someone will come to you. Yes, yes, boldly. Say, today I am a child of God. Today I am born again. It's never too early or too late. Put that hand up and someone will walk with you. Just put it up boldly. Boldly, you're breaking free from fear, from condemnation. Welcome, my brother. You're breaking free from every plan of the enemy god doesn't want you to be an orphan today can you keep clapping and encouraging my brothers and sisters as they make that decision today in the congregation they are saying today i am choosing jesus today i am choosing the fatherhood of god today i am breaking free from sin and fear and condemnation and shame i'm breaking free out of that prison come on come on come on church in heaven right now there is a party right now as god's children come home they were lost but now they are found at every location every hosting center every home right now even if you're alone you're not alone you can put that hand up in that living room in that car god is present oh yes you don't stop clapping those hands until they all come they're still coming they're still coming the rest of you church lift up your voices and pray right now Come on, this right now God is restoring destinies. Right now He's cancelling rejection, fear, demons are fleeing, things that have held lives of loved ones. Come on, church, to a bright day. I will Come on, thank you, Jesus. Church, would you, if you're born again, would you stretch out your hands to these beloved ones? My brothers and sisters, welcome home. Welcome home. Would you just put your hand on your chest and pray this prayer after me? Say, Lord Jesus, today I come home. Today I come home. I receive you. I receive you. As my perfecter. My perfecter, as my savior, as my savior, as my new beginning, as my new beginning. Today I'm born again. Today I'm born again. I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. I am loved. I am loved. I am accepted. I am accepted. I am favored. I am favored. I will never be the same again. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' again. name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Please follow Pastor Kathy over there. She's going to have a brief conversation with you. Take down your names and help connect you to a loving family. Come on, church. Celebrate these new family members right now.
Scripture says in First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. And so we don't like to close services like this without giving us an opportunity to receive the healing that Christ has paid for. And so if you're in this place and you have any pain, any disease of any sort, would like to pray for you, even if you're watching us online. I'd like to invite every one of us, if you can, just start praying in the Spirit right now. You can pray in the Spirit, lift up your voice and do it. If you don't know what that means, just start speaking to God. And if you have any pain in any part of your body, I'd like you to touch that part if you can touch it. And if you cannot touch it, just lift up your right hand. I'd like to declare and release the healing of God to you right now. If you have any pain anywhere, healing is available. It is part of the salvation package. And so I'd like you to lift up your hand right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your children whose hands are lifted up. Thank you for your children that are touching the different parts where there is pain and disease. I command you disease to leave everybody of every child of God right now in the name of Jesus. Your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, not temples of disease. And so right now we command all the pain in your bones to leave. In the name of Jesus, we command healing to your eyes. We, 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 we declare healing to every part of your stomach. Someone you've been having an issue with your stomach, having constant stomach ache. I command that pain to cease right now in the name of Jesus. I declare healing to your mind. Someone you've been feeling like your mind is like you're losing your mind. I declare healing to your mind in the name of Jesus. Can we start celebrating Jesus for healing? Lord, we thank you for healing everywhere. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for signs. Thank you for wonders. We receive the healing in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Let's sing together. Don't call me out. Don't call me out. I'm on my way to a better place, to a brighter day. I'm wearing love. Sing it with faith. Don't call me out. I'm on my way. I'm on my way to a better, to a better place. Father, we thank you. Yes, Lord. We pray for everyone in this room who has gone through in recent times a difficult place because of the sin nature of the world, the serpents going through difficulties relationally, physically in health, mentally, whatever it is, financially we choose to look to you 
we look to the cross and we know that the cross neutralizes all these things so we bless you and we thank you because we know it is done in Jesus name for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.